smoking on gas, got me slung, chasing Z's, chasing Z's, I've been high up off my ass, managing beans, managing beans, flying solo, Mr. Dolo, what you mean, what you mean, I'm controlling major time, do you read, do you read, smoking on gas, got me slung, chasing Z's, chasing Z's, I've been high up off my ass, Every day, never take a break, still in myself Addicted to the gold, only focused on well, still slide To my 95, just to buy the time, till I'm on the rise Blasting off, I'm not asking off This ain't frat rap, tell the haters fuck off I'm shining, so blinded I survival, got no diamonds, bro boy Got nothing in my wallet, spend all my green on the green quite often Still flawless, stand tall and Hey everybody, welcome to, uh, where are we now? Season 2, Episode 4, Bizarro Aficionado Everything is all well and good here at Goose Hong Hollow. And uh, how's everyone out there? Strange times, huh? Pretty crazy out there. I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy and making the best you can out of all this. So uh, for this episode, uh, Rojan from Project Archivist is joining me again for another news article show. But uh, we have some good interviews coming up. So we have... uh, Maja Daou, who's the White Witch of L.A., she'll be on to talk about her new book, um, The Bestiary. Yeah, her uh, mythological bestiary and some other things that she does and experiences she has had. She'll be on here. And uh, Kelly Benaski, the uh, true crime writer, will be on to talk about men and women on death row and experiences she's had. So we have some good uh, good episodes coming up. And uh Try not to dwell too much on uh, the reality that is our reality now, but it comes up here and there, but we hope we can still make you laugh and take your mind away from it for a little bit. But I'm not going to talk too much in the beginning of this one. Let's just get into it, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, cool cats and kittens. Oh, my God. How tired are you guys of hearing that? Fuck Carol Baskins. But anyway, we have (laughs) Roge in here again, coming in here for some madness. Uh, It's been, uh, I don't know, like a month since I put anything out because I was too busy getting fat on the couch. I can't even lie to you. That's what I was doing. Was the last episode you did with me of your show, was that with me or did you do one since? Yeah, I don't talk to anybody else. I know you've got stuff coming. You've got stuff on your plate. And tonight, I, I, I didn't bring I, any content to the show tonight at all. I, this is all stuff that you have found, um, right. which is great because that means I can be maximum laziness with minimal effort um, on my That's behalf. I like you. So uh, no, you you you're like you're like the other podcasts I go on. You want me drunk and or stoned when I come on your show. That's how I like all my dates, bro. Oh God, God. <laughs> and lubed. No, no, you, no, you like no. You no like lube for you, Guillermo. No lube for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were originally going to try to do a test recording of how the live function works. Cause yeah, that's pod beam, And we got about five minutes into it, and we said, fuck this noise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're just going to do this the old-fashioned way. No, let's, let's be honest here. You're, like, actually going through and comprehending, and I'm in behind – I'm, like, behind you reading this stuff going – Zero fucks <laughs> given. <laughs> hit live button. <laughs> How do people listen? <laughs> uh, no oh, one's listening. 
Not you know, I, most of it, I keep wanting to say my followers, my people. They don't know how to. They don't know how to use this stuff. They don't know what they're doing. They're I'm the same old. thing with me. I, I hate using the term my fans. I hate. I it's, my it sounds fans. so pretentious. <laughs> I just like. I'll say my listeners, but even that's right. hard for me to put out there. My listeners and my fans. I don't have any fans. I have people that listen to my show. <laughs> I have people whatever. that tolerate my nonsense. Exactly. But I, uh, yeah, actually, when I hadn't looked at my analytics for a while, so it was neat to see that I France is new. So hello, France. And uh, what is Israel, Australia. Really? Wow. Yeah, I don't know where these people are coming from, but I welcome you and thank you and... Uh, it is true you will not be able to get that time back. I used so, uh, to love – I haven't done it in a while, admittedly, but I used to love doing that. I would log in and find out where in the world people were listening from, and then I would go, why? But uh, <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I yeah, was I, like, oh, man, people are bored. You know, and it was like I, I used to love doing that. And then every once in a while, I'd get like that used to the same thing. Like, you know, hey, thanks for listening to us from South Africa. And then one of my listeners – actually chimed in from South Africa and said, yeah, I'm from South Africa. I'm, I'm an, uh, I'm an American expatriate. And, you know, he was a really cool guy. I've That's awesome. Years. But, you know, I had people listening from Russia and stuff. But when you see those things pop up, it's like, who the hell is listening to me in, in Belize? You know? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, they have signal in Belize. I can't get yes. signal out back. So anyways, <laughs> That's so, everything. Yeah, you were like, "Hey, let's uh, let's do a show," and I'm like, "Okay, let's let's try to do a show." So, yeah. seeing as how you've done two of mine, I, I have to return the favor. Yeah, I'm running into like your schedule. All of a sudden, I'm going to be like recording like four or five shows in like two weeks, and then I have to stagger them out a bit. You know, but... since coming back, um, like this week, I said I'm going to take the next two weeks off, and I was like, you know what, I don't I don't want to. <laughs> After I sat down, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool. I'm going to keep flowing with this because." everything's just rolling again and i've got people yeah. that are contacting me saying hey i want to do this or i'd like to do that or you know i haven't uh i've got people bugging me saying hey i, I want i want to co-host a show you know when you when you do this right. i want to do that you know so i'm like all right you know, as long as it's going so i think what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna keep going along until i truly because when it's time to take a break you'll know it you'll feel oh, it. You'll yeah. like, okay, it's break time so i'm just yeah. gonna keep going along until About i get every that. month no. <laughs> well I mean, this, especially right now with what's going on with our being oh, stuck it's inside. so weird. I mean, if I didn't have this right now, I would probably be losing my mind. So it gives me a, a nice focus. Plus, like, my show is my escape from my reality anyways. That's, it's like, it's, it's everything in the world. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's this, that show is producing it, recording it, getting the guests and stuff like that. It's, it's everything in the world for me to do. So if I didn't have that outside of life, I would have very little. I would probably lose my mind. I, I so, swear that this is all that you know cern's fault they did something with that collider and put us into a stupid bizarro world there's no way we just <laughs> led to this it's too have you stupid watched, um tales from the loop on amazon yet tales from the lube to loop tales loop. From the loop. oh the loop Ta no yeah, what loop. is that i have seen that though <laughs> <laughs> tales and loop it's this really cool show on amazon there's this guy who's an artist and he made a couple of these art books and they're just um, so somebody took these books and said, I want to make a show out of these and I want to use the art and stuff in this book. So they made this show on Amazon. It's kind of like a um, like uh, like a kind of like a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror kind of thing where every oh, cool. week it's this town that's it's supposed to be in, down in, uh, somewhere in Ohio. But it definitely looks like a European town. And it's the super collider that this town is built around. And everybody works at the super collider. And there's all this crazy technology that's been like abandoned and just left around the town everywhere. And the show is about 
um, how everybody in the town is in some way or another affected by this technology. Oh. So every episode every week is about another person in the town, and the, the people kind of overlap with one another. You'll see one person in one episode and another episode in the background and things. So it's like that and, weed show on uh, HBO. What was that called? God, I can't remember what called that's weeds? called. I think it was called. No, no, not weeds. There's another one about a guy just called The Guy. Uh-huh. And he's a weed dealer and he, with a beard, and he just rides around on his bicycle. And the show is like kind of about nothing, like Seinfeld. But every week he has these new clients, and then after a couple seasons, the clients are kind of interacting because they know each other. And just a guy selling weed in New York yeah. City. I well, high, high, high something. I don't know, but you can Google it. But um, it's a neat show. But the storytelling, it's it's pretty deep. It's not like, yeah. like Black Mirror where it hits you as much. Like the stories take a little bit longer to unfold. Um, it's a cool show. It's very different. Um, what's that one? That's on Amazon. There was like uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Did you ever watch that one? No. That's another cool one. It's on Amazon. But that was I don't that have Amazon. Is, that probably is why. Oh, okay. If you had Amazon, <laughs> watch it through Amazon. I'll okay, steal somebody. I'm wasting my time telling you all this stuff. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, steal, I'll steal somebody's code and watch it. I mean, anyways, I don't, I don't even know where the hell we were going with that conversation. So we, we probably we? need to get started reading these stories here. <laughs> oh yes, yes. People want a show or something. They want to be entertained. Something they want to be entertained, which obviously you invited the wrong person. So, <laughs> all uh, right. So what, before we even get started, what is the dumbest mask you have seen so far? In the your... dumbest mask I have seen so far. Yeah. Oh, that's easily. Um, God, I've seen I've seen many. Well, one of the dumbest masks are the chin mask, where the people wear the mask on their chin and not non-stop, covering their face. Nonstop. Um, it's kind of like, are you making a fashion statement, sir? It's kind of like your chin yeah, is going to be so healthy in a year. Exactly. Yes. Or the, the people that will wear the mask over their mouth but not their nose. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very common. Um, yeah. Oh God. Um, I did I had see one a guy that was just folded up napkins and rubber bands. I mean, literally like dinner napkins. Did you see the one about that's going around the meme where somebody put out something and it was something like like you have to wear a mask, blah blah blah. And it was supposed to say bandanas, but it says bananas. Oh, but I did see that, and everyone was yeah. putting bananas, bananas on their face. Yeah, because if you didn't have it, you could be charged like a thousand dollar fine. So they're just like oh, roping man. bananas to their face. That Thought is that hysterical. Was you um, can't fuck with people in this day and age, man. Not during this the the worst apocalypse ever. We can't even have sunshine here. The most get... mismanaged, worst apocalypse ever. Oh, it's there a terrible. There was a story um, that we covered. I was on the Jake and Tom Conquer the, Conquer the World podcast last week, and there was a story in Michigan about a guy who had a thong on his face as a mask, and somebody ever. got into a fight with him about it, and then he shot somebody because the guy got into a fight with him because he was wearing a thong on his face as a mask. <laughs> True story. It was. Oh, um, my God. These are our times. This is real. This is. I want to get a Bane mask is what I want to do. I know. I know. Get the Bane one. I, I want really to be able to be at the grocery store and be like, okay, sir, I'm going to need a half pound of ham. Yeah, yeah I want to do that. I want to get the Bane mask and then I'm like, excuse me, do you have strawberries? Strawberries are loaded with fiber. You know, exactly. I want to do that. I want to, I want to just, I don't, it won't even make me talk that way. I just want to wear the Bane mask and talk that way. <laughs> you know? Edgar, you've I've got, got the, the, uh, head, you've so got the 3D printer. Where's my Bane mask? Actually, you know, know you what? I'm going to look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know what, here, you explain what, uh, what we're going to be reading. I'm going to Google uh, Bane Mask right now if I can and see if it's a... <laughs> okay, let me know. We are going to be reading about 10 weird epidemics that remain a mystery. And I, I really kind of wish that our epidemic would remain a mystery because I'm sick of hearing about it. So I'm going to tell you about other epidemics because what else okay. is there to talk about? 
Did you find it? Yeah, I did. Right immediately, it was uh, forty-eight thirty-nine. You can get one. Um, there's also an alien face hugger mask. That would be a great COVID mask. An that alien one's face pretty, hug- ne- pretty neat uh, too. Uh, let's see what else do we have on here? It's uh, like the Bane one. It's like his whole full face. Yeah, it's it's. Nice. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. It's at Links. Uh, where is it at? Oh, I'm gonna uh, read a mask. Size OS. I don't know what OS uh, is. It's at linkscosplay.com. Obviously small. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> it is forty-eight thirty-nine. It is uh, processing time. They're made to order. Um, You'll have it a just little in time large. for uh, the end of the curve. What's? Oh uh, yeah, exactly. No, this ain't going away. Everybody no, knows? no time soon. This is not going away anytime soon. It's just going to spike back up again. Um, my plan is to try to make it long enough until a treatment becomes available. Once the treatment's out there, okay, if I get sick, there's a treatment, I'll be okay. I won't die. Right. I'll get sick and be over with it. Right. Um, this is a PVC mask size. Head circumference is 60 centimeters. I don't know how big that is. 60 centimeters. <laughs> Let me put it in the... I, I, sound, I sound like I'm on, on Golden Pond. <laughs> Look in there for Jimmy Stewart. I'm Jimmy Stewart I'm, Bane. I'm, 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 you do. I can't even imitate it as well as you do. You good don't sound like Bane. Good night, like Earth. Good night, Moon. <laughs> good night, stars. It's, it's a wonderful COVID. <laughs> it's a wonderful COVID. <laughs> There's your episode title right there. It's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful COVID. COVID. Oh, is. I'm yeah. writing it down, or I'm going to forget that because that'll work. It'll be the episode title right there. Uh, there's a bunch of Joker-like ones, but I'm not. I'm only seeing the one Bane mask. There's got to be other ones. I should probably get the the uh, Kylo Ren mask. Would be another great COVID mask to wear. I want a T-shirt that says uh, "COVID-free" and then in little letters underneath it, it says "within six feet." COVID-free within six feet. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not seeing any other ones on here, but I do think that. Uh, God, I want a Bane mask now. I really do. I need it. <laughs> you can wear it on your bi. <laughs> you sound like the weird mix of Bane and Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Bane, Stewart. Bane Stewart. Bane <laughs> Stewart. All right, all right. All right, oh all right. Don't yes, ten. Asthma's really kicking in. Oh, so, ten weird epidemics that remain a mystery. Uh, I guess I'll read the opening part. Okay. Then you read ten. In the last oh, two hundred right. years or so, humanity has made. Wait. A in the last two hundred <laughs> years or so, humanity has made great strides in the development of medicine. I'm not even doing it right either. <laughs> I'm adding a weird slang to it. It doesn't belong there. Why is uh, medicine, hard? Medical technology, though a great, uh, though a great many diseases and infections are still incurable. We know far more about science of sickness, the true nature of illness, than any other time in our history. Despite this, there are still many plagues and pandemics, both from centuries ago and from the modern era, that confuse or frustrate our understanding of medicine. I'm Some both can only confused and frustrated. <laughs> See, it's that part to end right there. It's the Jimmy Stewart. Like at the very end of that is where the Jimmy Stewart comes in. It's a... um, or frustrate our understanding of medicine. Some can only be explained as outbreaks of hysteria or mass hallucinations brought on by intense social pressures. Others are even more mysterious, lacking any sort of logic or reason. Here is a list of ten such plagues, which have baffled and bewildered the doctors of the past and present alike. Baffled. So why don't you take number ten, and we'll go from there. All right. The uh, Karankas meteorite sickness. So close to close to midnight. On a September night in 2007, a meteorite crashed into Earth near the Peruvian border with Bolivia. 
named after the town of Carancas. What else would it be named after? I mean, where else does Carancas come up? The closest settlement to the impact site, the meteorite terrified those who were close enough to see it. It's probably a little village. One man was thrown from his bicycle by the impact, while other what 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 what? While those farther away witnessed the plume of fire a thousand meters, which is thirty three hundred feet high. It's still that, pretty damn high. That's pretty high. <laughs> and that followed the meteorite down. But once the dust had settled and the boiling water seeping from the crater had dried up, everyone nearby seemed to be unscathed. This Nobody, is the color out of space right here. It That's is the color out is. of space. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's going to come out of there and be like, why, why am I in this hole? That's my <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, by the way. It's I'm amazing. Life finds a way. <laughs> Every voice wants to be Jimmy Stewart now. <laughs> it really does. Nobody had been truly injured in the impact. Little did they realize that the real hardship was yet to come. Dun, dun, dun. In the aftermath of the crash, hundreds of locals traipsed out to witness the smoldering remains of the meteor. They traipsed. I just I, picture I all like these, frolicking and dancing. these downtrodden peasants <laughs> traipsing. They didn't frolic out to see it. They didn't scamper. They traipsed. Like, I don't want to go see this. This is stupid. They traipsed out to witness the smoldering remains of the meteorite. Within days, as many as 200 of those local were sick. The symptoms of headaches, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea spread so fast that local doctors were forced to build makeshift tents around the town's medical center to cope with the influx of suffering patients. Working out of buildings whose windows had been shattered by the force of the falling meteorite, the doctors toiled for days trying to establish a cause or an origin for the mysterious plague. No clear answer has ever been presented has ever presented itself. Some scientists, such as Louisa Macedo, have argued that the water unearthed by the impact was contaminated with arsenic and that the steam rolling from the crater was actually poisonous gas. Makes sense. Yeah, but the others, such as Peruvian Geophysics Institute, Jose Shit Sucks. I mean, did you read this? That's what yeah, it's Shitsuka. It's Shitsuka. I, sh- I Shitsuka. I Shitsuka. Yes, have pointed out that it would be highly unlikely that a meteorite would be hot enough to create such a large amount of boiling steam. As it is, we may never know the truth of the Caracas meteorite sickness. Number nine, the June bug epidemic. That's the key. Does it make that noise, isn't it? Yes, that is. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I don't uh, know what June bugs sound like. Here's an odd one. The June like bug epidemic pimp. refers to an incident in the summer of 1962 when a worker in a textile mill in the USA claimed to have been bitten by some sort of dangerous insect. Convinced that the latest batch of fabric from the mill had received from England was infested with creepy critters, the woman refused to go back to work. She complained of headaches, dizziness, and painful rash. Before That sounds like my wife sometimes. Uh, before long, <laughs> more, than 50, more than 50 of her colleagues were also insisting that they had been bitten by the elusive June bug. Understandable the mill was closed down for inspection and the officials from the Centers of Disease Control, the CDC, in Atlanta were dispatched to deal with the outbreak. But to their surprise, they found zero evidence that such a creature even existed. The health inspectors found only two biting insects on in the entire plant, neither of which could have caused the symptoms described by the workers. Despite that, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, despite the dumbfounding discovery... 
saying that sober is hard enough. They deceived. <laughs> they decided to have the mill sprayed for insects anyway. After all, there was nothing else they could do. But the most incredible part of the story is this. After the mill had been sprayed and reopened, not a single person complained of the June bug bites again. Was there really something hiding in the fabric? Oh, this is going to be a fun one for you. They Go right ahead. They wanted a day off. That's all they wanted. Oh, Lord, the Tanganyika laughter epidemic. No, here we go, kids. I'm so glad that you got this. <laughs> you got the fucked up words, because last time sucked balls. <laughs> As it turned out, 1962 was a bad year for mystifying outbreaks. Months earlier, in the tiny village of Kashasha in Tanzania, then known as Taganvika, the townspeople gathered together, agreed that this, the, the town's name was way too pronounceable and changed it to Kasha Shasha. Kesha. Ep- we'll just Kesha. say Kesha. Well, Kesha, in the village of Kesha, an epidemic of laughing attacks struck an all-girls boarding school, as Kesha would cause. It started with just three people and seemed like an ordinary fit of giggling among teenagers. By the end of the day, a staggering 95 of the school's pupils were affected, more than half the entire student body, it was January 30th, the day the laughing, the laughing started. Not to be confused with the day the Laffeter died. Wait a minute. Did you just say Laffeter? Laffeter. The day the Laffeter. Okay, go the ahead. The day the Laffeter died. The day the, the Laffeter died. By March 30th, the school had been shut down completely, much to Trump's dismay, out of medical concern, concern for its students. The scariest part of the outbreak was that all of this was only the beginning. After the boarding school was closed, the girls affected were then sent away to be housed in different villages. Okay. Perhaps the staff thought that by separating those suffering from the laughing attacks, they could stymie the spread of the epidemic instead of it multiplied. You are having such a hard time reading this. I can just feel it emanating off of you. It's hard. You're like, words is hard. Go ahead. I haven't had a read in like a month. By by May, to, except two books. <laughs> and you're a paramedic. That's that's nice. You don't read. <laughs> by, is that say? Yeah, it is May. By May, people in the nearby settlement of Nashamba were suffering from fits of hysterical laughter, and in June, another fifty in a middle school near Bukoba were stricken. By the time the laughter died down, having infected some people for as long as sixteen days. 1,000 people or more had been affected, and the total of 14 schools had been closed down. To this day, no true explanation has been offered for this unsettling series of events. So let me analyze it. So kids laughing, close school. Deadly plague, let's open the schools. (laughs) This is a third world country full of stick houses, and they got this shit figured out. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Okay, you got the uh, the Kalachi sleeping sickness. I, wish I, I immediately think of the old episode of Happy Days with the Malachi Crunch. The Kalachi sleeping sickness. Oh my god, sickness. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was the two guys, and they they uh, they did the Malachi Crunch on Pinky Tuscadero, which was the Fonzie's girlfriend, and she oh, he thought I'd, she was going to die. I'd like to. Put why do I remember that? I don't know why Pinky I remember Tuscadero. that. Uh, speaking of tiny villages beset by inexplic- inexpl- inexplicable, inexplicable <laughs> <Yeah>. pet <laughs> epidemics. <laughs> 
supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, Let's talk, I said that with no problem. Let's talk about right. Kalachi, a town north of Kazakhstan. Number two prostitute in all of Kazakhstan. Oh, Kazakhstan. by nothing other than contagious tiredness. That sounds oh. like my job. Starting in 2013, <laughs> residents of the town began to slip into a state of deep sleep, almost <laughs> comatose, where they would remain for days at a time. These people were probably listening to my podcast. About one quarter of the residents in this tiny settlement have suffered at least about one bout of sleepy, sleeping sickness in the last three years, and scientists are no closer to paying down the definite explanation. The fields of pot that were growing next to the village are obviously <laughs> not the cause of this. Kalachi, Meaning, boring, losing consciousness. <laughs> Must talk like Shatner. Must Many potential causes like have been <laughs> potential causes have been considered and cast aside. Professor Leonid Rikovanov, Rikovanov, a Russian didn't know that Russian scientist. Special, sure. Now I want to talk in Russian. Russian scientist specializing in geochemistry stated Yo. in an interview that he believed the answer could be found in an abandoned Soviet-era uranium mine that lies near the village. When speaking of <laughs> Radon gas, which fills the mine, Rick of Rick Rick of Rick Roll said it Rick could be Roll. operating a Rick narcotic Rick substance Rick could be Rick operating Rick a narcotic Rick substance and an anesthetic. Currently the underground space in the mine is flooded and gases are being squeezed to the surface. Squeezed. So the it's farting and putting people to sleep. However, yes. Kazakhstan government uh, was far from convinced by such theories. As recently as last year, they began evacuating citizens from Kalachi, having found no other way to combat the sickness. Okay, so if you're in the town, you go to sleep. Here's the cool thing. Like, Granny's be... got the sleepy sickness. She hasn't woken up since June. And the town, no, no, no mention of the town is filled with dwarves. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we can bet that whatever's going on, the uranium mine probably has something to do with it. Well, uranium doesn't, um, I don't know if uranium would do that. Uranium, I don't know. Because radiation, that would put off radiation sickness. You would yeah. have, you would have signs of radiation sickness That's in your true. body. So it wouldn't be that way. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a, yeah. it could be just be something that the ground is releasing or something like that as it's they're like stating they're here. Really bored. But it doesn't sound like uranium. Like uranium no. puts out radiation and fucks shit up. That's it's true. Radioactive. So it's whatever else the Russians are hiding in that mine that's doing they it. They might not necessarily even be hiding anything there. It just might be something that's a natural cause. But we have the best mines <laughs> by only the best mines. Yes. Uh, that reminds me. I've got this book called uh, Trump Ghost Hunter. Did you see me post the picture? I, I saw the post on that. Yeah. What is that? It's, um, you know what? Go ahead and cover the next one, and I'll see if I can find the book. All right. Yeah. Number six, the West Bank fainting epidemic. Bad luck if you're a student. Mass hysteria epidemics seem to have a habit of choosing you as their victim. In 1983, a schoolgirl in the Palestinian town of Arabah found herself coughing uncontrollably and unable to breathe. Shortly afterwards, she collapsed unconscious. I'm sure there's no bio weapon at all from the Israel. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't me. I'm thinking roofies. Roofies. I think they were, they were eight Arab roofies. Anyway, within hours, other girls in the school were following suit. Within weeks, more than 900 people across several different villages on the West Bank were suffering from identical symptoms. But what was the cause? Wahid Hamdalaya, a former mayor hailing from one of the affected towns, was he fired? Believed he had the answer. 
he announced publicly that the outbreak was a result of poisoning, a deliberate and malicious attack against, the Palestine, against Palestine that was orchestrated by the Israeli government. I swear I didn't read the head. Of course, in the taut atmosphere of the West Bank, this supposed revelation threw the panic into overdrive. Almost 250 people in Jenin began to suffer from the illness after seeing a car drive through the streets emitting thick clouds of black smoke. That's never good. Oh, my God. Sounds they like were, an average day in Detroit, but go nothing ahead. Nothing to see here. I, I bet they were playing Snoop. Just <laughs> driving down the street. They'd be smoking white smoke. Sipping on gin and juice, laid back. With my mind on my Palestinians and Palestinians on my mind. Yeah, keep going. They were convinced (laughs) that they were being poisoned. Well, that seems like a good guess. But when the CDC investigated the school grounds where the disease had originated, they found only a trace amount of hydrogen sulfide, a gas often produced by poorly kept latrines. Farts. Could an unclean lavatory in a girls' school have caused an outbreak which hit hundreds of people? Or was there something else in Arabah that day? So, here's the book. I'm going to read a little bit from it. This is Trump Ghost Hunter. Believe me, I know ghosts. The Paranormal Adventures of the World's Greatest Living Ghost Hunter. You can still buy this book on Amazon. It is is $6.66. For the price that you pay for it, it is worth it. Uh, Stories transcribed by Joey Hellenet of Donald Trump. So I'll read a page of it or as much of it as I Yes, yes. I, I wish I could do a Trump voice. I just cannot. I wish so God I could impersonate you him. You can do it. I believe in you. I love Latinos. I love Hispanics. No one loves Latinos and Hispanics and Mexicans more than me. But we must understand the leaders of Mexico are different. The Mexican government is forcing their most unwanted people and ghosts and monsters into the United States. Dead they are. They are, in many cases, criminals, drug dealers, rapists, poltergeists, mummies, and chupacabras, which is undeniable. But if you're not part of the Mexican, <laughs> but if you're not part of the Mexican government, or a drug dealer, criminal, or a rapist, or evil ghost, Aztec mummy, or blood-sucking goat killer, then you're probably good people. Now, obviously, Mexico is falling apart. It's overcrowded. It's hot. It does not smell good. I mean, look how many people want to live in the United States. A lot. A lot. Uh, what most people don't know Bigly. is that. Most of the Mexicali citizens coming to America are doing so because of the massive infestation that this country and its neighbors uh, by chupacabras and mummies. Now, God I've done damn a ton of business chupacabras and mummies everywhere. In South America, I've done a lot of uh, I've I've made a lot of people rich and I've made a lot of money for people. Yet no, yet no matter how many I've tried to help those countries, the, the U.S. has become a dumping ground for their problems. Sadly, the overwhelming amount of supernatural crime in our major cities is committed by Aztec mummies and Mexican chupacabras. Since oh no one God. wants to stop them, I will. I will uh, do it. Years ago. I went. To, this is this gets funny. Years ago, I went to visit Mexico on a business, and I was asked by then President of Mexico Vincent Fox to meet with him about something very important. Before I go any further with this story, let me just say Fox is an asshole. Anyway, he tells me that he, <laughs> they are having a problem with the chupacabra. He's teamed up with an ancient Aztec mummy, and the two of them are just destroying villages and cities all over Mexico. He gets on his knees and begs me for help. Well, I'm a helpful person. No one helps more than me, so I agree to help. <laughs> they take me to a village in the middle of nowhere, and this place is like a city of garbage. People, it's a disaster. The houses are made of mud. There are no casinos or hotels. You get my point. It's a wasteland. I just land. grab him in the wrappings. That's what I do. I <laughs> grab them. They don't even care. <laughs> I do great ghost hunting. Everywhere I go, people tell me, you're so good at ghost hunting. You should do a ghost hunting thing. I don't know. 
So uh, let's see here. Uh, 20 says, anyway, they start to sweat. They, they cry. And around 7 p.m., I hear the shuffling of a mummy and, hoping of, and hopping of a chupacabra. They rush the children, gorging themselves on tender, young, sweetening, Nubian-like flesh of the children. And that's when I pounce. I hit the mummy with an uppercut to the jaw, and his head bounces to the right, uh, bounces into the night, removing his head of the mummy, kills it. I know this from my fights with other mummies. Then I grab the chupacabras and stick <laughs> like a Nancy stick Pelosi. This is how you kill a chupacabra. So yeah, it's not a big book, but it's, for the pure comedic value and just to have it in a book collection is great. Now this Joey Hellenant guy, he's just like he's like MMA meets ghost hunting and paranormal. Like like he, he needs to be in a Monster Energy Drink commercial because if you follow him on Twitter, it's always like, I want to go out and totally kick the shit out of ghosts. I'm so pumped up oh, right dear. now. I'm so psyched. Yeah. It's like uh, Zach Braff. Yeah, but worse. It's, oh. it's Yeah, it's a totally different thing. So I thought on. I had found a mummy. It was all shriveled, but it was just Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes creep me out. Don't they creep oh. you out? They creep me out. So moving on. Moving uh, on. The Kilbick Dance of Sin. Don't, oh. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. K- I, oh, saw, no. I saw that at a uh, strip Big club K. in Vegas once, I think. Uh, though many of the outbreaks in this list have been from the last few decades, the more distant past, now I want to read it in a bad Trump voice, which I do not sound like Trump at all. The past, <laughs> God, it's like, first we want to do Jimmy Stewart. We want to do it's Bane. the more distant past. It's the greatest distant past that ever was distant. For example, you've heard of the Dancing Plague of 1518. The events took place in the 16th century Strasbourg, a French city then ruled by the Roman Empire. A narrow city street, a woman known as Frau Trufaya began to Frau. dance. Frau, sure. Frau, Frau. Tr- Frau Bruca. <laughs> If you know that joke, you're a very cool oh. person. Now I'm going to be uh, spending five hours looking for the horse sound effect. Fervently, without a pause, she carried on, on for almost six days, unable to stop. This sounds like a hell of a rave. But when she right. finally did, the dancing had spread. Within a week, nearly 40 people were uncontrollably dancing in the street. Again, this sounds like a rave. I By the end DJ of the month, Khaled. as many as 400 people were taking part in this remarkable outbreak, and dozens had died from exhaustion and exposure. Again, this sounds like a rave I've been to. However, <laughs> however... Are you sure you want to have me back on your show? Every day. <laughs> what you may not realize is that this famous incident is far from a unique case. Plagues of this nature have been recorded as far back as 1021. That's when a group of 18 people in the German town of Kolbuch began to dance and chant uncontrollably outside of their church, preventing the local priest from performing his duties. Uh, furious at their behavior, the priest reportedly cursed the afflicted villagers, claiming I them... That you. <laughs> claim that they performed the dance of sin, though fewer people were affected in this outbreak. It lasted far longer, almost an entire year. The scariest thing is that we still don't really know what caused these dancing plagues. All so you people like, are keeping me from doing my priestly duties. I curseth you. Oh, the Pokemon shock. Here we go. The Pokemon Dude, that guy's got a Fibonacci tattoo on his belly button. Wow, he does. What's up with I, evil Pikachu? I don't know, but I don't want to be anywhere near his golden angle. This is a weird one. In 1997, nearly 700 Japanese children were rushed to hospitals after the broadcast of Deno Senshi Polygon, an episode of the popular Pokemon cartoon. This particular event, now referred to in Japan as Pokemon Shock, was believed to have been caused by flashing lights and repetitive patterns that were shown during the episode. Experts suspected that the caused 
epileptic fits in many of the suffering children. Didn't this already happen with Captain Planet? <sighs> Did they not get the memo? Oh, no. There, no, I, it, I don't remember. There was one of these shows, and it was kind of like 3D or weird to view, and then no, everyone was getting sick viewing it. I don't remember what it was. Maybe one of well, you old bastards that listened to it. It was um, because of epilepsy. Certain yeah. flashing colors and at a certain speed, um, they tend to trigger epilepsy. Now, I had Ben Radford on the show. Epilepsy is a democratic hoax. <laughs> and we were talking to Ben about it, and Ben, he brought up that, yes, it probably did happen, but it probably wasn't as blown out of proportion as people are making it sound. But I The don't media know. always runs with things. They just want to cause fear. Yeah. You don't sound like Donald Trump. You sound like a gay, um, <laughs> like, intellectual <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Though it seems my I'm name, is, and I'm my name is Terrence. And I'm, or like a comic book store owner. Too oh, yeah, it's a comic book guy. Yeah. That seems like, ridiculous to claim that a television it program. It's like a comic book guy from The Simpsons. Anyways, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Keep reading here. Yes, yes. It, it made people sick. And this is actually more common than more people realize. Another example would be the Portuguese soap opera Marangos Com Acucar. Strawberries with sugar. Spin, spin, sugar. In 2006, the show aired. How high are you? (laughs) In which a potentially deadly virus uh, spread through the character's school. Not long after, viewers of the show began to exhibit symptoms matching those of the fictional virus in the show. This baffled medical experts because it was almost as if the disease has spread from Marangos com Acucarantito. Into the real world. These two cases demonstrate how television can be much more dangerous. Now, they, they really took that leap, didn't they? Television is dangerous. We can get viruses from it. That'll be, next week, that'll be the next thing for COVID. You must watch television with sunglasses on to prevent... Sunglasses and a mask yeah. made of your wife's panties. Do not, wa- do, do not watch TV moistly. So I moistly, so I ordered this mask and it, it has like, you know, the little Baphomet on each side because I'm edgy and, but, uh, it, it's yeah, literally like a nice pair of, of like, of like period underwear, you know, the underwear, the comfy underwear they get. I don't want to hear any more of this story because they this, get, they, this... everyone has the comfy underwear. Ladies have the comfy underwear for that time of the month. This, this mask is like comfy underwear. No. Are you done reading the story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you get the Picard sweats. The Picardy sweat. Yes, that's what that's what Make like, it so. science fiction geeks get when the new Picard show started. They got the Picard sweats. You may have already heard of the sweating sickness, which is what I get when I eat far too much meat, a.k.a. Sordor. <laughs> right. I'm not pronouncing that in France. A peculiar disease right. found in Europe during the 15th and 16th century. A great many symptoms were attributed to this outbreak, which affected thousands of individuals. Everything from paranoia to paralysis was considered a sign of this mysterious illness or really good weed. When physicians right. at the time believed had brought to England by French mercenaries during the War of the Roses, unlike some of the epidemics mentioned in this list, the Sweating sickness was truly deadly, with a mortality rate of almost 50%. Damn. Wow. 
this is not cool. What you may not know about this outbreak, however, is that what it dis- well, that was that it disappeared and was later resurrected after a series of prominent sickness in the late 1500s. The virus began to vanish rapidly. By 1578, it was completely absent everywhere, having left no trace and no evidence as to what had caused it. And yet, well over 100 years later, in the Picardy region of France, uh, the sweating sickness returned in earnest. It was immediately apparent that it was the same disease. Medical experts Henry Tidy said he could find no substantial reason to doubt the identity of Sidur Angelicus and Bacardi sweat. Uh, this time, the sickness stuck around until the end of World War One, with a peculiarly nasty outbreak infecting 6,000 people in 1906. After that, it disappeared from the world again. With this sickness still a mystery, we had better hope it stays vanished. What so, if it mutated into Spanish flu? That's possible. That, that I was thinking yeah. something like that. Yeah. It just mutated into something else. Right there at that 1906, right at the start, what was it, 1907, 1908, something like mm-hmm. that for Spanish flu? Something like that, yeah. I'm honestly trying to stay as far away from that shit as possible because I'm already freaked out as hell about this. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, granted, this one doesn't appear to be like the world ending virus, like the massive, I mean, people are getting sick. It's for you. Like you've seen it with your own eyes, but this doesn't seem like it's going to be a global wipeout thing. Um, you know, they're, they start, I I believe they started testing vaccines on Monday. They started uh, doing the testing for those based off of antibodies. I don't know anything more about that. And I, from what I understand, they're expecting to have a treatment within six to eight months. But then again, nobody like every day, new symptoms and stuff are being added to this in oh, every yeah. shape or form. So, you know, who knows? Uh, the nodding syndrome. The nodding syndrome. Yes. I see this on. Uh, there's one guy, Bagley. What's his? I forget. Jack Bagley. I think it's Jack Bagley on Curse of Oak Island. I call him the nodding beard because that's all he does is look at people and nod. <laughs> so the nodding beard. Poor Jack Bagley. <laughs> so the nodding sickness. Capable of ca- They're really reaching now. This, this sickness made me nod a lot. Capable of causing both physical and mental disabilities, the nodding disease is a fearsome epidemic categorized by seizures suffered by its victims. They're forced to nod their heads convulsively. They're just listening to metal, man. Yes. The spasm's so severe that it prevents the infected person from eating or sleeping. Oh, that sucks. I wonder if this could be related to a form of mad cow. First identified in 62, of course, the syndrome is currently present in South Sudan, Tanzania, and Uganda, where serious outbreaks have occurred as recently as 2012. Such was the extent of the problem that Dr. Anthony Mumbonye, Uganda's, Uganda's Commissioner for Health Services, opened a series of clinics designed specifically to deal with sufferers of this odd illness. I, I, I can't picture I can't picture like a health commission in Africa now without have you seen the they eat the poopoo guy? The have what? You seen the eat the poopoo guy? No. I'll have to send that to you. Yeah, just Google, they eat the poopoos. Okay. Yeah, it's this, this horrible rant of this guy at a town meeting in some village in Africa going off about the horrors of homosexuals. They eat the poopoos. It's, uh, it's, it'll change your life. <laughs> but <laughs> though the seizures are uncomfortable, you think, and frightening, the true damage of the nodding syndrome comes when everyone just thinks you're saying yes all the time. Oh, no. Comes from the stunting of growth. <laughs> that was a joke, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I okay, don't know. I Somewhere. 
Once victims are infected, they are permanently and completely stunted. Must be what happened to me. Both in body and mind, as the disease primarily affects children between the ages of 5 and 15. That's a spread. This can lead to truly life-altering... Ah, that sucks. Though doctors are still far from understanding the cause of the disease, there is some hope. Scientists believe that a link between the syndrome and a species of parasitic worm that is common in the infected areas may provide a possible answer. For now, however, there's no real evidence and no real cure, and we're not sure if it actually happened, but there's a video of people in huts, so you could look at that. <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> everything. And I get number one, which is dramomania. Dramo- oh, I had an ex-girlfriend like that. She loved the drama. Dramo- dramomania. Uh, in 1886, a man named John Albert Dottis was admitted to a hospital in Bordeaux, physically exhausted and with no memory of how he had gotten there. For oh, most, if I had a dollar. <laughs> especially in your line of work. For most people, yeah. it would have been a terrifying event. But to Dottis, this was more or less ordinary. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I didn't even know we were in in Mexico, man. Dude, You're are we parked? You're right. <laughs> He often found himself waking up from a fugue, having walked hundreds of miles without realizing it. Once in 1881, he woke up to find that he had walked from France to Russia. Jesus Christ. What? Wow. <laughs> that, as you see, was suffering from dramomania. Dramomania. Dromo. Dromomania. An inexplicable disease classified as an uncontrollable desire to travel or wander. I have that. But I'm, I'm pretty some, tired right now. Sometimes I think I'll go home. Pathological tourism. Yes. In more recent oh, years. Pathological Dr- tourism. Dromomania was oh, a brief and explainable damn. epidemic that struck France in the late 19th century. Fascinatingly, the disease vanis- vanished just as a medical. Pro- just I see I'm beginning to insert words that aren't yeah. there. And no, just as medical professionals were preparing to study it because I'm dyslexic. As a, right. uh, as a psychiatric Lip conference in Nantes in 1909, various academics tried to rationalize the sickness presenting, sickness presenting six or seven different conditions they believe were the cause of dromomania. The last case of the disease was reported mere months later, despite the fact that no actual explanation or cure had been found at the conference. This is a mystery that still remains unsolved to this day. So how do you catch dromomania? Um, what, what is that? Uh, what, what is it? You just, just started you just walking. Start traveling. I just started walking. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. And then when, when I, I was one, tired, I slept. I turned when around. I started walking back. You know, I went. <laughs> I like the first comment is remind me never to go to 1962 <laughs> the next time I time travel. <laughs> okay. On uh, that note, let's uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more nonsense. There have always been strange, dark rumors surrounding the decaying property. Rumors horror novelist Philip Loeb believes could serve as the perfect inspiration to restart his career. The more intertwined Loeb's life becomes with the decaying's, the more he realizes there is far more to the family than the rumors have led people to believe. The Family Decane from the mind of Christopher Hall, a new horror classic is born. Available in Kindle and paperback at Amazon. All right. <laughs> you were supposed right. to the next one, which yeah. is uh, YouTubeTendencies.com. I've never heard of this web. How did you find this article? How, oh, no, your your ability to find these articles is becoming very impressive to me. It's, uh, it's foreign. 
I see that. Because uh, it has a word I don't know, so it must be far. <laughs> I Entradas can't and categorias. Yeah. So this is from Witch's uh, Night, which is uh, Witch's Night. The real well that was the inspiration behind the horror movie The Ring. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah I'm story. pretty sure that they actually have a seat at the White House press room. But, uh, in 2002, right. the film Hard The tonight. Ring. Yeah, had a tremendous impact on people. We all remember perfectly how that creepy girl crawled from the bottom of a well. But what not everyone knows about this spooky movie is that it was based on an ancient Japanese legend and that in that creepy well also exists. Isn't everything from a creepy Japanese... My life is from a creepy Japanese legend. It's from a creepy Japanese movie. More needs to be from a creepy Japanese movie. That is true. During the 16th century... Here we go. Haimeiji Castle in Japan. I'm sure I murdered that. Uh, tenacious samurai named Tessen Aoyama <laughs> developed an unusual love addiction with his servant Okiku. That's one would, I guess. The owner of the castle was willing to leave his wife and marry Okiku. Well, at least he was honorable. He tried to convince this woman, but she told him that he was that she was not willing to be his mistress or his future wife. Shot down. Oh, well, that's not going to go well. Tess and Ayama, being a samurai with high pride, lost his sanity uh, Okiku, over Okiku's rejection and decided to set a trap that would take everything away from her. Ayama threatened Okiku, uh, accusing her of being a thief and stealing several valuable gold plates. Who just has gold plates laying around? Her, own, her only two possible choices were either to become Aoyama's wife or that she lost her life and, and plates. No matter what she chose, she was condemned to be unhappy. I miss my plates! For her spending her life next to that mad man. So Okiku preferred to end her life, throwing herself into the castle's well. There are different variations to the story. Some say she was suffering inside the well until she eventually lost her life. I don't think she was celebrating down there. <laughs> After his tragic, oh, it's lovely down here, really. Apparently, you know, she's she's from Leeds or something. I don't know. After his tragic no, event. is hitting me on the head. Yeah, fill it up with water. Hurry up. Is this for the flesh wound? Throw a ladder. After his tragic event, the spirit of Okiku returned to seek revenge. During the nights, Tess and Aoyama would experience unsettling paranormal manifestations of the vengeful spirit of Okiku. He had no other alternative but to call Trump Ghost Hunter. Yeah. The woman once the woman he once loved without measure what? The woman once he loved without me- whatever. Akiku came out of the deep, lonely well and crawled into Ayama's body with her eyes full of rage. She crawled into his body. Yeah, I'm. I'm was this? Uh, was this? Where did Anal. she enter it? Yeah, that's where we're going. I got, or through a nose or something. No, we'll stick Okiku's, with Anal. She crawled up yeah, his ass. Yeah, Okiku's spirit has been described. A pale woman with sad, suffering expression. That's like everyone I've ever dated. Long, dark hair, wearing a white funeral dress. Yeah, that's they. This is how the spirits usually are. Yurai and Yurimi, who are spirits of Japanese women who cannot rest in peace. 
None of them rest in peace. The spirit of someone who passed away in sudden or rash circumstances become these like hungry ghosts, I guess. They appear from they appear from two in the morning until dawn and seek to torment those who have harmed them in life without harming them physically, haunting them forever. So they it's a bunch a little, of chicks that got drunk at the bar and got kicked out. <laughs> right, and they have like a little time clock, and they're like, oh, hello, Zelda, time to go scare the assholes. The Okiku Well, which is, oh, there it is. You can actually go visit the Okiku Well. That well doesn't this, look very deep. For someone to jump down and hurt themselves or in their life, it's like, it's like what, six feet to the water, you think, through that through that grate right there? It looks like six feet or so, yeah. but... It's very deep water. <laughs> this could possibly be one of the scariest wells ever. And I know wells. Okay. Trust me. Uh, people I tell know me all the time, wells. you know wells so well. Other wells actually tell me. They're shocked. They're shocked at how much I know about wells. we got to stop. We're not doing yeah. this good at all. It can be found outside the castle. When the sun goes down, people prefer to stay away from the area, since many have said they heard the voice of a woman whispering from inside the well and counting to ten. Okay. It's said to be the restless spirit of a Kiku counting the golden plates, trying to find the missing one. Well, it's not there, Okiku. It's missing. I'm going to count them one more time. Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> Metal bars were added at some point for safety reasons, but there's a rumor that they were placed there to prevent Okiku's ghost from climbing out of the watery tomb and haunting peoples. So there is a uh, story about the, the Japanese on a uh, Spanish page of some sort. <laughs> right now they have breaking news <laughs> and then some words I don't know. How are we on time right now? Are we close to an hour yet? we got to be getting there somewhere. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Five no escape for you. Five historical manias that grip societies then disappeared. We're back to this again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, men, it has been said, well, think think in herds. Well, yeah, have you ever been to an MMA fight uh, or a, right. <laughs> a five-finger death punch concert? It Ooh. will be seen that they, ma- they go mad in herds. Wait a minute. Yes. It will be seen that they go mad in herds. That is written properly, but strange. While yes. they only while they only cover their senses slowly and one by one, Charles McKay may have written those words in 1841. We don't know for sure if he did or not, but he may have. In his social science classic, Extraordinary Popular Delusions and Madness of Crowds. But I hate crowds. Uh, but what he has to say about mass manias and behavior of crowds remains absolutely relevant today. As anyone who's ever gone to a midnight sale of one of the Twilight books could tell you. Same thing with Harry Potter, uh, which I did go to a Harry Potter midnight book selling, by the way. Um, oh, I did too. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. Mob no. mentality also goes this, uh, some of the ah, mob mentality also goes some of the way, but not all the way. And explaining these real manias and outbreaks and strange behavior that come in disturbingly fast and disappear just as rapidly. Please note, Bieber fever is not on the list. Do you want to read number one, or do you want me to start it? She got that yummy yum. Yum, the deadly dance yum. mania of the Middle Ages. In 1374, dozens of villagers along the Rhine River were in groups of a deadly plague, a dancing plague called the oh, another dancing plague, Choral Mania. By the hundreds, the villagers took the streets, leaping, jerking, hopping to the music no one else could hear. Again, this sounds like a wicked rave. So they it's saying ate. the village people are yes. dancing? 
Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm envisioning some of the people in the village being the cop, some of them being being an Indian. Have, yeah, yeah, I have a, a group of Indians. You have another group of people being construction workers. Right. You have another group of them being bikers. And, right. You know, yeah, that's like, what he was—a biker. Yeah, it's and then like somewhere, somewhere. You have that outfit when you bike, don't you? No, I don't. I do not oh, wear that outfit. There's no assless chaps. No, biking. no, oh. no. I totally dress like the Indian. I mean, but, honestly, is there, is there chaps with an ass? Because no, isn't that the definition chaps of chaps? Assless. Yes. All chaps are assless. Oh, uh, I digress. Oh, da, 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 da. They barely ate or slept and just danced sometimes for days on end until their bloodied feet could support them no more. The plague swept the countryside and almost just as suddenly as it came, it disappeared until July 1518 in the Strasbourg, when a woman called. Sure. Well, yeah, we already read this, picked up the tune, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I'm going to skip all of this because we've already read this in a previous thing. So what the hell Philippine happened? Philippine prisons. Scientists have tried to forensically get the bottom of the dancing mystery. For a while, the prevalent theory was that a mass psychotopic, psychotic, psycho, psycho, psychotropic, a mass psychotic episode episode. sparked by eating bread tainted with ergot. Yeah, I keep hearing, that's why I said earlier, it sounds like ergot, a mold that grows in stalks of damp rye when consumed Mm. can cause convulsions, shaking and delirium. Uh, but John Willer, history professor at Michigan State University, yeah, yeah, disagrees according to all the contemporary accounts. Both outbreak sufferers were dancing, not convulsing, in the mold's defense. The two can be d- difficult to distinguish unless they're dancing <laughs> dubstep. Uh, right. And as other popular theory, the victims were part of some heretic dancing cult. Willer says there's nothing to suggest they wanted to dance. Uh, so Willer has a different theory. And that these plagues were mass psychogenic psychogenic, yeah, psychogenic illnesses. You're Jesus right. Christ. You're right. These, these aren't even that hard to read. I don't know why I'm having this problem. Sparked He's blaming Jesus, so it's all right. And depression, both medias were preceded by periods of devastating famine, crop failures, dramatic floods, and all manner of biblical catastrophe. Anxiety, fear, depression, and superstition in particular. The belief that God was sending down plagues to persecute the guilty made people susceptible to falling into a kind of involuntary trance state. The dancing plagues were the calling card of St. Vitus, an early Christian martyr venerated with dance parties, meaning that the idea was already in the victim's behind turntables just like you know with the big hat on waving his hand above the air right. you know wave yeah. oh, he's the roof um <laughs> all it took was one person to start it and then everyone else followed Strasbourg wasn't the last time a dancing plague ripped through a population the most recent appears to be the 1840s in madagascar where people dance as if possessed but this epidemic appears to be rooted in a particular particular cultural malu Milo, whatever molly Milo, cyrus Milo, whatever right, oh you're gonna like this one go ahead you can have this oh. one. Oh, oh. the tanganyika laughter epidemic yeah of 62 of course of course wait is this the same this is the tanzania students again my bad let me read the next one they they cued they put that on as a mania and the last one it wasn't so i missed that one so i oh that's dromania and the pathological tourism well i read this one well i have no ah, idea what the fuck you're saying but i'll go along with it because the it's next your show. two are ones we already read yeah most of these are repeats yeah. nice nice vetting of your articles there dude i can't laugh because i totally do the same kind of shit yeah yeah I don't, it's funner <laughs> if i don't read them coro or genital reaction syndrome heard of that 
Another cultural bound syndrome, Koro refers to the irrational fear that one's genitalia is shrinking. I was in the pool or retracting into one's body. I may or may not have this problem. You're right. I'm just getting fatter. It's not getting smaller. That's what I tell myself. That's That's a good way to do it. And people have suffered it, usually in mass hysteria epidemics since around 300 BCE. It's particularly prevalent in Africa and Asia and is usually attended by severe anxiety, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, and fear of impending death or loss of sexual ability. One of the, I, I wouldn't even care at this point. One of the most recent <laughs> outbreaks of Koro is, or as it's called in Western medical circles, genital retraction syndrome, was in 1967, because Kennedy was busy, oh, in Singapore, when more than 1,000 men tried to stave off shrinkage using clamps oh, ah, and hmm, pegs. Ah, wow. I, God. I don't want it to get smaller, so I'm going to... Put a spike through it. Oh, my God. Ow, 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 I don't, ow, I don't know where that logic is. Ow. Women have also been victims of the panic, often manifesting the fear that their breasts or nipples are disappearing. However, Koro is more likely to strike men, and according to psychologists, more likely to strike men in societies where their worth is determined by their reproductive ability. Psychologists usually blame cultural circumstance, pointing out that epidemics tend to follow periods of social tension or widespread anxiety. Chinese medicine, however, blamed female fox spirits. Of course. While in Africa, it was usually considered the result of witchcraft. Yes, we've covered that on my show before as well. No, baby, I swear it was bigger. I got Koro. It was, I have Koro. It, was, it was, used to be nine inches. Motor hysteria. The Middle Ages were kind of a boring and probably even worse for sometimes one willing inhabitants of nunneries. <laughs> Immediately, Ooh, I, like a good nunnery. I, I go to the Holy Grail. Uh, some <laughs> mewling ca- like cats. Sex. So mewling like cats was one of the was one way to pass the time. Milking cats. Mewling like cats. Mewling, mewling like, cats. like cats. Like no. This never of- happens. I never once walk into a convent. And get greeted by mewing. Either have I, but I don't go to very many convents. Uh, historical reports Good indicate point. that nunneries were rife with motor hysteria. Briefly, I have to stop because I have OCD, and uh, no, I don't have OCD. I have um, where you're sidetracked by by random thoughts. Anyways, right. um, have you seen the video of the nuns that are all smoking weed, dancing to techno? I have not. Okay, I want you to why I'm reading this to try to Google it. Just Google um, nun rave or something like that, and you'll see it. It's the most tripped out thing. It's a bunch of nuns that are just bombed off their ass, dancing to techno music, smoking weed. It is insane. Nuns, really bad. I don't know if it's real or not real. Like anybody who's listening right now, you've probably seen the video. If you haven't, go look for it. Anyways, uh, mewling like cats was one way to pass the time. I I don't I don't see how I'm bored. What am I doing? I'm mewling. Historical reports indicate that nunneries were rife with motor hysteria, a kind of mass psychogenic illness that some women exhibited, exhibiting the signs of demonic possessions, other acting out sexually disturbing ways. Well, it is a nunnery. And one con- convent mewling, cat, mewling like cats and trying to claw their, their way up trees. Why can't I fucking read? So I, I don't, they're no. like howling like they're in heat. Oh, oh, trying to crawl up trees. They're in heat, ladies and gentlemen. The period the of nuns? nuns yeah, the period of nuns oh. behaving badly lasted around 300 years. Damn. 
beginning around 1400. Boy, was I born too late. Yeah, no kidding. And affected convents across Europe. One of the the last was perhaps the most deadly. In 1749, a woman at a convent in Würzburg, Würzburg, Germany, was beheaded on suspicion of being a witch after an episode of mass fainting, foaming at the mouth, and screaming. Uh, That's probably rabies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, That's what it sounds like, yeah. Usually, however, these episodes ended in someone calling in a priest for some exorcisms. Giggity. Waller, he <coughs> Waller, he is the he of the investigations into the dancing plagues. That is written so it, bizarre. It literally says he of the investigation. He of the investigation. So it's not just me and my dyslexia. No, no, it yeah. says that. Also came up with the theory. Did you find the dancing high nuns yet? I did. I did. Of course, I clicked on the debunking one. I'm like, oh, and it's ruined. Okay, so it wasn't real? It was just a bunch of chicks? They stuff. just added music to it, and they were just dancing weird. Okay, but they were stoned on weed. You can see them smoking the joints, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they were they were smoking yeah. the electric lettuce. They were smoking the devil's, the, the devil's uh, parsley. That's uh, right. Also came to theory as the two would drive these nuns to distraction, a combination of stress and strong religious traditions of trance and possession. So they definitely were listening to trance music. Women who oh. were sent to nunneries did not always go willingly, and convents, especially starting in the 1400s, were very harsh places. The rigorous devotion to spiritual betterment, betterment wasn't for everyone. <laughs> Betterment's better. <laughs> yes, it is. And the stress and privations these women experienced could sometimes cause them to act out when they would it was often with the behavior of a stereotypical mimicked demonic possession they believed implicitly in the possibility of possession and so made themselves susceptible to it wrote weller so Mm. you have no this is i have the next one this is from the yes this is oh yes you do this is from telegraphlocal.com it wouldn't be bizarro aficionado without a good penis story I don't know where this is, nor do I know what this publication is. Opinion-free news. I suspect <laughs> Chicago. I suspect this is a fake news story. So, Aww. world's dumbest criminals: gun used to rob the Southside hot dog stand, misfires hitting robber in the penis. Uh, pictured above location of robbery in 27, 2017 extracted from the Google satellite. A robber was in the process of robbing a hot dog stand on the far south side of Chicago when he discharged his weapon on himself, the Chicago Tribune reports. Okay. Oh, it's yeah, there Canada. is a link. To- it's not fake, it's Canada. This is there is a link to the Chicago Tribune and Yeah. Yes, this is this is actually an article. Okay, this it's is not a- fake, this- it's Canada, but Trudeau and I are friends. This infamous incident was reported in November of 2017 to add a flare of poetic justice to the yarn. The hot dog stand robber shot himself in the penis, citing the Sacramento Bee. So now we have two news sources that are cited. Sacramento. Sure. Uh, sure. He thought he was going to, and for some quick cash, the suspect entered the restaurant with a loaded firearm, looking for easy easy money and maybe some free food. This took place at a hot dog stand on the restaurant area Maxwell Street Express. The Chicago Sun-Times identified the culprit as... Tyrion, Tyrion Pounce, Pounce, Tyrion Pouncey. What Pouncey. with a name like that, I'd shoot myself. He's from in the penis. Juliet. I think that's uh, outside of Chicago. I would shoot myself in the penis if I had that name too. Uh, yes. I mean, my real name is Shannon, but hey, I can live with that. At it's the better end- than Pouncey. Yes, Tyrion Pouncey. <laughs> yo, Mr. yo, what Pouncey. up? This is Pouncey. I hear my, new, I hear my new record drop. Yo, Pouncey cats here. Can't yo. even make a joke right without fucking it up. At the age of nine. <laughs> approached the hot dog stand and demanded cash he went inside to adjust the 38 pistol he had brought along and shot himself twice he shot himself twice in the dick once to his penis and once to his leg this took place tuesday oh god damn it 
This took place Tuesday morning, the week of November 3rd, which would have made actual day of crime uh, Halloween 2017, citing the Sacramento Bee. Pouncey remained in the hospital on All Souls Day, November 2nd, 2017. He therefore missed his first court appearance for good, me- for good measure. According to the Sacramento Bee, he was citing the tr- Chicago Tribune. This is, what the fuck? This is word salad. Pouncey is it, two counts of robbery for taking <laughs> It is. Pounce. Well, a lot of these people are written, they're, they're paid by the number of words that they write to put into the sentence. Right, put so they the make story. it extra wordy. Yeah, so they make it really wordy and repeat themselves a lot, which is fine by me because I love to point out that, like, okay, they're repeating themselves again here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Pouncey faced two accounts of robbery for taking items uh, from two employees at the hot dog stand. These included their cell phones and their wallets. He also did manage to steal some cash from the business. Too bad he had medical bills and court fees to cover after that. The Daily Mail UK followed up and stated that the weapon discharged when Pouncey was was adjusting it in his waistband of his pants. He put the gun in his waistband and ran from the scene. The story was he was still able to run away with Call a hole safety, in his dick. safety, you dimwit. And shot in the leg. Oh, uh, the story was confirmed by the Daily Mail by Assistant Cook County. Okay, so we already read that. Again, it's being yeah. worried. The Daily Mail went on to say that the two hot dog stand employees were men aged 39 to 45, which has no relevance in the story, but we're putting it yeah, in here because, yeah. hey, I need to get paid. Pouncey yeah. held the pistol to the head of the 39-year-old. The 39-year-old was holding the grease bucket at the time he was attacked. He asked and the other the employees to get the cash out of the register to give Pouncey. As the two men handed over the cash in their wads, the grease bucket allegedly went flying. Are you envisioning this? I am. Uh, Ponce stuck the money and the gun in his waistband of his uh, of the waistband of his bands. Read that. Pouncey yeah. stuck the money and the gun the in the money. waistband of his bands. Poopy. So, yeah, I see it. He then began to flee this flee the scene. As he did, he immediately slipped out of the grease. The firearm discharged, shooting his penis and his leg, which we've already stated three times. My penis and my leg. Ow. He ran a few blocks before calling the police to report that he had been shot. Well, Help I actually me. somebody shot me in my penis and my I leg. Mean, if I get shot in the dick, I ain't running. I'm I'm gonna be down. So I'm, I mean, that's that's I, I give him credit for being able to run at all. Plus the amount of blood loss from the penis because he's running, so his heart's pumping. So the police arrested him at the hospital. Surveillance footage that saw his boxers match the boxers that were found on him at the hospital. <laughs> what? Why is that? Pull relevant? up your pants. <laughs> no pants party. No. Uh, on Pull the upside, the police were able to recover the stolen walls and the 38 caliber Ponzi shot himself with. So bad Ponzi. Says, yo, give me the money. He's got a gun to the cook's head. He's got the cook throws the thing of grease. The guy grabs the money, goes to run, puts the gun into his waistband, shoots himself in the dick and shoots himself in the leg. Still manages to run a couple of blocks and then calls the cops and says that he's been shot. So I'd like to go back in the Matrix. People are too stupid. I love how they identified him by his boxer shorts as opposed to (laughs) the video and saying, hey, that's the same face. That looks like the same guy. No, they were like. I'm not sure if that's him, but um, is that strawberry shortcake boxer shorts? It's definitely like a strawberry shortcake boxer shorts, yeah, and he does—he is bleeding from the penis, so that, that this could be him. We might have <laughs> twenty-eight thirty-three. Uh, we have a man on foot right now with uh, I, I believe there's strawberry shortcake boxer shorts on. Copy that for Could you uh, please pick me up a chili dog, please? Uh, copy. Uh, copy that, or pick up a chili dog and get jackass with bleeding penis and strawberry shortcake shorts. Got it. What the oh fuck are my we doing? God. I don't know. All right, uh, you're a healing, read. yes, a healing spirit from 19th century Japan 
So let me sum up this show. Penis, 1962, Japan. And Bane. And, and, and Bane Stewart. A healing spirit from 19th century Japan is back to face COVID-19. Artists are bringing back a Mabi, a yokai associated with protection from disease. And it's uh, it's cute. It's like a like an upset shrimp with a with a it's a N95 mask it's a on and really great hair with a mask on that has it has no like boobs. 14 tails yeah what it's a goldfish with a female head and a mask yeah which by the way this would probably be great for healing your penis if you're shot at a coney dog stand putting it in a mermaid whatever it's a healing spirit oh, it's so. a healing mermaid yeah, in the first right. half of 1846 a Kawarabon, or cheaply printed broadside, recorded a strange account in Japan's old Higo province on Kushu Island. A local government official had spotted a curious creature in the water one evening, a scaly three-legged creature with long hair and a beak. I know her. Even more <laughs> curious, it had warned him of a forthcoming illness. Yeah. Hey! Forthcoming illness! Yeah, you're ignoring that question. Go ahead. I missed it. What was it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And instructed him to draw and distribute its image for protection. No, I didn't date it. This this is this story's way too old. A sketch was printed next to this account, and as the Kawaraban spread, so did tales of this mysterious half mer person, half bird, from Kyushu all the way to Edo. Known as Amabi, this yokai or spirit, has become associated with refuge from epidemics. It makes sense, then, that it has resurfaced during the global Rona pandemic. Only this time on social media, illustrations of Amabi are circulating on Twitter and Instagram under the hashtag, uh, we're reaching here, hashtag Amabi. Artists around the world are drawing and sharing Amabi in hopes of repelling disease, or at the very least, honing their talents and finding community while social distancing. I drew this amabi with the intention of reminding others to stay calm and never lose hope at times when we feel like giving up. Uh, Srusen Lee, an artist Why from the Philippines. Why are you reading the story like your listeners are five years old? <laughs> they are. An yeah, artist from the Philippines who recently drew a cotton candy pink amabi with blue hair, writes an email. It's truly inspiring to find out that many other artists still remain optimistic despite the events in our world today. Oh, look at that one. Yeah, that's not as cute as the top one. So you definitely, definitely, this will be in the show notes. You can go in there and take a look at uh, these birdfish spirits. Uh, scholars believe that Amabi is a local <laughs> variation of Amabiko. You're a what? Biko, 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 Biko. A similar <laughs> Japanese creature that appears from the sea. Godzilla! And prophecies no, uh, good harvest. Oh, and Gazira. outbreaks of disease. Uh, prophecies good. It gives you good harvest and outbreaks of disease. Boy, there's no winning with this guy. In accounts of Amabiko, it is sometimes Girl, said what? that the image... Amabiko. Amabiko? Go ahead. 
Okay. It is sometimes said that the image itself can ward off the epidemic, says Jack Stoneman, professor of Asian and Near Eastern language at Brigham Young University. That's a lot to put on a card. This is not. Yeah, of course it's the Utah. Everything's in Utah. This is not unusual in Japanese cultural history. Images as talisman. Illustrator Kaori Hamura Long, who lives in Fukuoka, Fukuoka city in Kyushu, felt flu-like symptoms earlier this month. Unable to get tested for COVID-19 due to Japan's limited testing capacity, she decided to stay at home and draw a mobby. Her creation floats above rolling waters, a glamorous figure with flowing white hair and sparkling eyes. In one version, a mobby wears a mask. A... Are you hitting a bong? No. Oh. The <laughs> second rendition shows the yokai unadorned with an apparent smile on its face. I shared this image of a mobby, hoping that the virus will die down and people all over the world will unite to fight the disease instead of finger-pointing at each other. Hamura Long writes an email. And then this ridiculous picture. And then, uh, stay calm and never lose hope, it says. Japan reported its first positive test from the coronavirus February 20th, blah, blah, blah. We're sick of hearing that shit. The Olympics, boo-hoo. It's likely it was a reaction this from the sudden disruption of the daily ends. routine. It just goes on and on, my <laughs> friends. <laughs> Meyer, who also it. runs an illustrated database dedicated to yokai folklore, writes in an email. Did they, this person call anyone? People I don't are know, still... but I kind of want to interview this guy. I want to interview right? this mayor guy. People are still posting about one per minute, so it's still going strong. Uh, his own illustrated Amabi, a cheery character perched on a rock, doubles as a printable coloring page. Hi! Uh, <laughs> this is so bizarre. These yokai appeared during the period when Japan's isolationist policy became boring, and I stopped reading. These contemporary Amabi artworks seem to be born of the same impulse, to offer hope and relief in a time of collective uncertainty. I just want to say that I'm with you right now, and you're almost through all this, man. You can do this. I believe in you. I have faith in you. I think you can make it to the end of this article. I can. I'm done. I I reached the end. Uh, Yes. Actually, that is the end of the article. That (laughs) is the end, unless you want to hear about the 3,000-year-old censorship of the... the, I went to this yokai.com site. It's actually a pretty damn cool site. There's a uh, That sounds cool. It is. It's it's pretty damn neat. Um I'm actually very interested in it. I'm What's made, it called? It's this yokai.com. Y O K I A K I A I Kai 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 yokai.com. The online database of Oh my god. See, I'm getting I'm catching it from you now. It's it's one of those plagues. I can't talk. I can't talk at all. It's the rum. Um, I, I am drinking a Mike's Harder Lemonade because... It's harder? If, if I'm going to have Mike's, I want him to be as hard as possible. Oh, so, yeah. Um, a hard man is good to find. Um, no, no homo. 8% alcohol by volume. So, anyways... 8%? You madman. Well, I've also got some watermelon mead sitting here that I have to tap into. So. Watermelon. I think we're done. I don't. Do you really want to try to tackle the strangest five... Uh, I think polio, sleep, 
genital fears and teenage tics. Well, no, no one teenage was... tics, flailing arms, jerking heads, and stuttering speech are some of the symptoms that began strangely cropping up in teenage girls in Leroy, New York, at the end of 2011. Somebody needed to need to be checked. When, uh, right. While one boy and an adult woman were affected, as well as both the <laughs> sufferers were high school girls whose strange tics persisted for months with no discernible causes. <laughs> this Fairness. paragraph next is amazing. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Parents wondered, uh, uh, wondered about a nearby Jello factory, a 1970 train incident, and chemical spills. Psychologists suggested stress of mass hysteria, particularly when widespread media coverage was followed by more young women claiming to have symptoms. At least one neurologist blamed pandas or pediatric autoimmune neuros- neuropsychiatric disorders associated with stereo. Jesus Christ. Streptococcal infection. So strep. Yeah, strep. We'll say strep because you're the yeah. medical guy. Infections. Right. For now, the prevailing theory is conversion disorder. People b- developing outward tics as a manifestation of internal fears. Uh, genital fears. Hysteria isn't just for women. Several times in history, there have been spontaneous occurrences of large numbers of young men and boys claiming their penises were shrinking. We already read this. Oh, it's this one again? Yeah, it's this one again. You fell into I read these and it didn't even... I, I, why do I read? <laughs> Are we done? Can we We're this? done. It's enough. People have heard enough of us tonight. <laughs> I am Rojan. You can find my show at projectarchivist.com. We cover the wonderful, the weird, and the strange, much like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was strange. I don't know how wonderful it was, but yes, here is free. don't like it. The show. <laughs> right? They don't have anything else to listen to. At They'll this listen. point, you've reached the status of like the guy that comes over, like the, the buddy that will call you up and say, I'm coming by in about a half hour. Shows no, up, right. doesn't knock on the door, just walks right. right in, kicks his shoes off. Hey, what's That's going right. on? Oh, what's up? And you're playing a video game. Walks over to the fridge, opens it up, grabs a beer <laughs> out of it, and sits down and eats like the leftover pizza. That's that's the status you have reached on my show at this point. That's outstanding. <laughs> I am proud of this. I'm proud of this. <laughs> like, dunk, dunk, dunk. why did you even knock? Just walk in. I knew you <laughs> Just come in. Just Ding come dong. in. Say you what? Uh, yeah, go ahead and check the fridge. You know, I'm maybe in the middle of a video game, and like, that's you know, that's the status you have reached at this point with my show. So, uh, doing your show's fun. Yeah, you're you're pretty good at it. I'll give you credit. Like yeah. the last couple times you're on, you're like, can I ask this? I'm like, dude, ask me whatever the fuck you want. I'm just gonna sit <laughs> here and drink and let you do what you gotta do. I'm so, all right for a white guy. Yeah, you're 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 okay. I mean, you yeah. know, most <laughs> white guys not so much, but you for a white yeah. guy, yeah, you're all right. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. So uh, if you haven't seen. Uh, or listen to the shows over there that I did with Roe, you should get over there to Project Archivist and uh, listen. There is no Jimmy uh, Stewart Bain and no bad no, Trump. No, no, there was no bad Trump, no Jimmy Stewart Bain, and no, uh, no, uh, it's a wonderful COVID. How high are you? <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a card soon, but uh, no, I, I, what do you mean? I'm perfectly fine. Oh, okay. Are we calling it good? This is your yes, show. Yes, we we're calling it good. It's it's 10:37. It's time for more rum. Uh, <sighs> How do you thank you for coming on, Ro. Oh, no and, problem. Uh, no problem. What's, going, what's coming up next for you? Who's who you? I am going to be. I know you don't want to give out the names because no, I don't mind anymore. Up. If it curses the show, it curses the show. At this right. point, I don't really give a shit anymore. That's a tradition I'm going <laughs> to let go. Uh, we did. We just. I we. I just dropped a found audio show last night, yeah. which is basically. Um, I do these shows every once in a while where I'll comb the internet looking for news clips, uh, broadcasts, old interviews, and things like that. And I'll put them out there. These are things that are out in the public domain, but are kind of like not really thought of. So I release these shows every once in a while. Well, there's a, you can go 
to archive.org and there's an organization called the National UFO Reporting Center. And for a period of time, the guy that was running it would record all of these calls. I believe they still do, but they're not accessible to the public anymore. So up until the late 70s, I believe early 80s, there he recorded all these calls. And Wendy Connors, who was this woman who was in the ufology field, collected all of these and they were given to her and she put them on archive.org for the public to go and listen to. I think there's like 230 hours of audio of all these people calling wow. in this hotline number, which still exists. You can still call the hotline number. I don't have it in front of me, but the National UFO Reporting Center is still on the Internet. And you can call them up, and there's always somebody there that answers the phone, and they have a team of investigators that they can send out in different states. And if you want to call up and say, hey, I was driving down the road, and a snake flew over the car and landed, and a bunch of little green Bigfoot came out, and they tried to sell me a pizza or something like that, you can call this number and report your sighting. So what I try to do is uh, every once in a while – I will dig through all of these calls. Usually I'll go upstairs. I'll dim the lights in my office upstairs. And, oh, it's like that. Yeah, I'll put some earbuds in, one. and I'll you know put the lava lamps on, and I'll just sit back, and I'll listen to as much of these calls as I can. And if I hear something that really particularly sticks out that's of big interest, like um, – Something sticking out there in the No, car. not right now. No, no, no. Okay. no. Dude, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not my type, but having said that, what do you like with a wig and lipstick? Anyways – and um, so I try to dig through these calls and find the really, really interesting ones that really spark some kind of an interest or something different. A lot of them are just, yes, I was driving down a road and an orange ball of light flew over my car or I saw something off in the distance. Um, it's the ones where they are really strange. Like, yes, this thing chased me to my house. I ran into my house. I closed the door. These things went around my house. They went into my barn. You know, really out there crazy stories are the ones that I look for. And normally I try to cluster them together. So I've got shows coming up where uh, law enforcement personnel have seen these things. I've got a show in the works that I'll eventually release where it's uh, kids in schoolyards, where UFOs <laughs> landed in schoolyards and the teachers Whoa. and the children. Yeah, things like that really stick out. Um, I did a show through it uh, that I posted a little while ago that was the uh, UFO Ann Arbor flap, which is uh, this mass sighting of UFOs that happened in Ann Arbor, Michigan over a course of seven day several days. And it's where the term swamp gas came from. So because uh, it was ex- oh, that's yes, how it was yes, yes. Yeah, that that all happened in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That was where right. that all generated from. This guy I had a farm. That one. And a UFO landed behind his house, and the police actually showed up and saw the guy, and they were in the yard, and they were both watching this UFO out in the woods, and then it lifted up and flew away. And it was explained away by Heineck as swamp gas. Now, I've seen swamp gas firsthand. It's really cool, but there's no way I'm going to look at it and think it's a UFO. It looks like sparks and balls of fire just coming out of a pond, and it kind of dissipates. It's really neat looking, but at no time do I ever look at it and go, wow, that's an identified flying object flying over the trees at 70 miles an hour down the back. Roads. But it's a reflection of Venus through the swamp gas. Yeah, it's a uh, reflection of Venus off of Uranus, etc. Right. and so on. Oh, whoa. So I did a whole show based on all of the phone calls and all of the news reports and all of the record recordings into the police department, uh, the actual interviews with police officers that were seen wow. chasing chasing these things down the back roads of Ann Arbor, which back in the 60s, these roads, like doing 60 miles an hour, I've been on these roads, I ride my motorcycles down them because they're really twisty and turny and whiny and they're really cool to ride on, but there's no way in hell I'm going to be chasing uh, something at 90 miles an hour no. down the back roads, you know. So um, 
We just did that. I've got an interview coming up with Michigan's UFO director from MUFON. Not all of my shows are UFO-based, um, but lately that's the next couple of shows that I've got in the works. And then uh, I've got Joshua Cutchin lined up to come back on and talk about Ooh. his new book, Down the Road. Um, I want to be know, on I've the Joshua all- show. What's that? I want to be on the Joshua show. I already have somebody lined up to do oh, that. Boom. I have to find out if it's cool. Uh, they specifically no, said, hey, you know what? I kind of want to do this show. Absolutely. So, I've got a show for everyone. In a couple of weeks, I've got another magic-oriented show that I'm doing with Stephanie Quick. Um, Nice. So, yeah, we bounce around and do all kinds of topics and stuff. I just just fired it back up again after a hiatus of a couple of months, and I'm pretty much starting from scratch and going back to where the roots of where we all started it from and rebooting the whole process and seeing where it takes me from scratch again. So, you know, and you were in a couple of those beginning episodes, the reboot. Yeah. Good things to come. Trying, it's trying. It's it's nice to be doing it again. I'll say that it's it's cool. It is. Uh, it is. I have. Uh, I, I did talk to Stephanie. She'll be on at some point after she does yours and everything. We'll figure out a time. And then uh, Maja Dau from uh, also from your show. She'll be on. We're yeah, I have no problem whatsoever with you taking guests from me at all. So. Yeah, I just try to talk about something different if yeah. I do. That's you know, yeah. and then. Uh, then uh, I'm going to be interviewing my mom for Mother's Day. I'm going to do a Mother's Day show. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to interview mom. All the things you wanted to know about mom, but we're afraid to ask. So uh, that should be fun. But, all right, I'll let you get home because it's like, you know, almost 11 o'clock here. So uh, I am it's home. a long drive. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if maybe you had to plan a quest to like the living room or something. You no, know? I, I am home. I'm, I'm not allowed to go anywhere yeah. because of quarantine. So. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, my new mattress came today, so I don't think I'll be leaving going anywhere for a while. Did you get one of those purple ones or one of those foam ones that just poof? Yes, yes, yes. You take so it out it, of the box. It's like two inches big, and it goes poof. Yeah. It just expands. And then you, you open the plastic, and it expands, and it says like 24 to 72 hours. Wow. But uh, it's it's thick enough to sleep on now. It's already better than my old mattress. I get that a lot from people. Yeah. I don't. I think I have that sickness. What was it? Karu? Koro? Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening, (laughs) and uh, there's more to come, so uh, you know what? Pop in every once in a while. If you're not on the Facebook group, look me up on Facebook, Bizarro Aficionado. If you'd like to contact the show, uh, contact me here at uh, BizarroAficionado at gmail.com, and you can find us wherever uh, you already found us, because you're listening to the show. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ro, and... uh, I'll be back to uh, do the outro. Peace. And we're back. Hey, I hope everyone enjoyed that show. Uh, It's just good to be silly sometimes, you know. Pour a couple of drinks and just laugh about this crazy reality that we couldn't have made up if we tried. But so I hope t- I hope uh, Ro and I took your mind off of it for a little while. But uh, yeah, so it's just uh, crazy times here at uh, here at Gaz Central, cause uh, just like all of you, sheltered in place, and I'm officially on furlough now. So uh, no excuse not to put out some good shows for you. So uh, the one thing I do want to announce is uh, for my next episode, or the one thereafter, depending how I edit them. Um, for the Kelly Banaski show, Lobo, 
will be joining me on that one. I'm very excited for that from Project Archivist, Rose Other Half, and uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, Lobo's my brother. He's a Masonic brother, and uh, get him on here and get him talking again. It's all been a little too long since we heard his voice. Well, you guys haven't, unless you've gone over there and listened to Project Archivist, which you should. So, but yeah. That's all I've really got, and uh, like I said, we have some great shows coming up for you, which I talked about in the intro, and they'll be coming up, and we're working on some other ones. We're still trying to work out the live show thing. It's a, uh, it's some, it's some work. It's in, it's involved, and from what we learn now, that people would have to actually get the Podbean app onto their phone and i know a lot of people don't want to have to be bothered with that and it's a lot of technical stuff and get that and then get a link and then the link opens in the Podbeam app and i yeah i don't know it may happen or we may figure something out different but we're looking into it trying to look up for some different ways to interact with you guys and get you guys to be able to interact with us when we have a show or me or whoever so things going on in the background i'm not just here you know, drinking, watching Star Trek, even though I am. So if you uh, would like to help the show, definitely go into wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple or Podbean or Stitcher or wherever, and please leave a comment, especially in Apple. This helps the show so much to show that people are listening and like the show and because Apple's very judgy, and if you don't have enough comments and stuff like that, they, uh, they can always revoke your show or just say, yeah, no one's listening, you suck. So, especially if you're on Apple, but also Podbean, Stitcher, go on there, leave a comment. Even if you don't like the show, then just email the show at uh, at bizarroaficionado at gmail.com. And even if you just want to contact the show or you have any show ideas or something you'd like to see or someone you'd like to hear interviewed, send the idea. Send it at bizarroaficionado at gmail.com. I will read it and respond to you and get back to you. And uh, I appreciate all you guys and all your support. So uh, stay safe out there. Wear a goddamn mask. Wash your hands. Be safe. And uh, see you on the other side. Bye, everyone. Got nothing in my 